The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, pity up. Welcome to Fair to Stop. Fair to Stop is a channel where we uh, entertain and inform first responders through dark humor, practical news, and informative breakdowns. We're also here to confuse and depress their friends and family members. Tonight, we step into the heart of the action with the Com Center podcast that illuminates the untold stories of emergency dispatchers and their vital role in saving lives. We're going to listen to riveting 911 calls that bridge the gap between dispatchers and first responders, uncovering the remarkable synergy that safeguards our communities. You're going to hear the voices tonight on the comm center. Tonight, we're going to switch up a little bit. We're going to turn this into a game show format. For that, we need a game show host. So I am joined by Andrew Baxter. Drew Breezy, how are you doing this evening, sir? Hi. Uh, I don't know how I got muted. Can you hear me? One, I two, can three. hear you. <laughs> well, we got this, the one snafu out of the way, folks, and now we're moving good. Drew, how are you doing this night, this evening? Oh, I'm doing great because uh, words are just words until action actually starts, and actions speak louder than words, but at the same time, words speak louder than actions because sometimes it's the right thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling it. Silence speaks louder than words because... No one can hear you, but we got uh-huh. through that. Folks, this show is brought to you by Ghostbed. We're joined tonight by uh, Josh Deadleg Media screening our calls. He's going to be screening your calls. We encourage you to call in now. We're doing a call-in game show like the days of FM radio, like if you can name that tune or you know the answer <laughs> to this bizarre fact, you're supposed to call in. We're not going to do any cheap shit like you have to be like the seventh caller. to. to we want you to call in. If you call in, you're very likely to be on the show. But Drew's going to play some stuff for you. He'll explain it to you in more detail. Um, what the game show rules are going to be tonight. So I, I, I say all this in answer to a question in the comments. Absolutely call into the show now. You can listen to the show while you're awaiting. Uh, Drew, did you want to acknowledge some of the people in the chat? I love the people in the chat. Michael August is in there. Abby is one of our best friends. Uh, Ryan is here. Captain Micah, how can we do a show without him? Two of the Davids, as far as I know. Crockett Cassidy, Michael Hendricks. Did I say him already? Bone cold fleas, Austin. I know for a fact Will Cray's here. I see Chief Keefe. Will Cray is actually in my queue to be a contestant tonight, and I think I'm going to pick Will Cray, as a matter of fact. Nice. Will's up on deck first. Will's up is what we should call him from here on out. Uh, And you know what? I'm just going to bring him in right now. Yeah, let's talk to Will. He can kind of crack wise with us a little bit. Uh, we, We actually have a second caller. Also, yes, callers tonight. This is a yes. great question, Cobb Center. <laughs> How about Will? Will, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. Just working away at El Laurel. You know, same old, same old. <laughs> at the Mexican <laughs> restaurant in New Ulm, where you work? Dear. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely where I live. Okay, yeah. and then, so, um, are you familiar with the term sopapilla? Like dessert? Yes. Uh, that was your test yes, to make sure that again. you were qualified to be a contestant. Just like Jeopardy, we have a pretest. We want to make sure that our uh, contestants know and understand our uh, language and uh, that they're U.S. citizens. I, I'm sure you are. You don't need to be a U.S. citizen to be a contestant in theory, but in practice, you do. For Will, I so, do want to see an I 9 before the end of the show is over, though. 
Uh, yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and though if there are no prizes, prizes, you have to have an I-9. You're definitely going to have to show some kind of, you know, green card or something, at least at a minimum. I uh, mean, I have a blue passport. Does that work? Yes. Uh, is that a Honda okay. passport? You drive a blue Honda passport. That's what you're saying? Because that'll work. Sure. Yes. Okay. No. Very well. Well, John, what do we have going on in the news? Uh, <laughs> Will's very evasive. I don't want him to get away from that. What do we have going on in the news? I did look. I Googled 911 dispatcher in the news. I know that, Drew, you've got a case that you want to bring forward before anyone this week uh, talks to us about things. But I wanted to talk about the state of the things with bees because, frankly, that's what this show is to me. I only do the 911 stuff just so that I could have a legit excuse to be here. Folks, this is the state of things with the bees. This was caught uh, from a man on the scene on the front lines of our war versus bees. I know you at home cannot see this. It's about to be explained to you. Honestly, that goes on for three more times longer than it was. I apologize for the entire catalog of Hanna-Barbera sound effects. What we just saw is a blue-collar worker, a workaday man, much like a police officer, going up to, for some reason, go after some hornets or wasps uh, up in a light fixture. Uh, He goes up and uh, goes after these wasps, and they swarm him in the cherry picker. He's at a a death-defying height, and it gets to the point where the the bugs are crawling all over his face and ears, and he's screaming. He starts spraying himself with the insect spray. At this point, he's like, screw it, I'm giving myself cancer to get out of this situation. He's covering himself with foam. The reason why I didn't play the full 24 seconds is, unfortunately, at the end, he does fall to his uh he doesn't fall at all no he doesn't fall uh but but my question for you on on this is is i'm gonna go a little alex jones on here drew if you don't mind why would someone record themselves or a friend or someone getting in a cherry picker to go spray a a, a bee's nest on a light it seems like i I don't know Uh, you you called it a light fixture most people call that a light pole like i mean that that was a full-on light pole for the people that aren't watching so could be green screen we don't even know Right. And, and we don't know that. And and it could be a false flag. And uh, if he did fall out of the uh, cherry picker and he landed on the ground, would he just pick up his head and go, he, I, I, you know, and he just would. like be back to normal again? Like, you know, like Coyote would. Boy, that was uh, a, a deep Scooby-Doo reference or Fred Flintstone or how many other Hanna-Barbera's can you name? Do you remember uh, the Laugh Olympics where all of them were in one show? And the then, Yogi like, Yabu's. It was like battle royale, but you had like, like, uh, like Dino would be like uh, uh, ripping Scooby and Twain. I don't know if you remember that show. It was called Laugh Olympics. I do remember the show, wasn't it? The the Yogi Yahooies, wasn't that one of the teams? I, all right, there let's were get three off. teams. Let's get off. I don't know why there's a video of a guy being pre-recorded that he's going after these bees and a cherry picker of all things. I've seen some other videos that have been sent to me by Clark and others where people are intentionally putting themselves in dangerous bee situations, which I think is a mistake. <laughs> Uh, but then they, they, you know, they get swarmed. Uh, this guy, you know, the pretenses that he's doing work and he's not. Uh, I'm guessing at the end, it probably just says he was a pedophile. And so it's like, <laughs> well, the bees are doing God's work. So they, right. so it's like, a, it's like a psyops thing. We're like, the bees are only going after the humans that deserve it. The secret message being to you out there is that I deserve it. I can only assure you that I do not. I do believe he is a child trafficker. 
Uh, we do have uh, we have in in other news, in other captivation news, in other uh, prisoner news, we have this video that's been sent to us incessantly because it has the word nine one one in the title. Hang on one second. Yeah, hi. I have a kind of a particular emergency here. Um, my cat attacked our seven-month-old child, and I kicked the button, the cat in the rear, and it has went off over the edge, and we um, aren't safe around the cat. It's a very large Himalayan, and we're trapped in our bedroom. He won't let us out of our door. Okay. Does the, the child need medical attention? No. No, he's just got scratches on his forehead, but the cat, we don't know what to do about the cat. He's gone. He's trying to attack us. He's very, 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 very hostile. So I tried to get a hold of animal control. Hang on just a second. You guys are inside your bedroom right now. Yeah, yeah. And if I, when I leave out the bedroom to let the police in, I'm going to have to fight this cat. Hang on just a second. And when you said the cat is large, how large? Uh, 22 pounds, maybe. And you said you, your, your child does not need medical attention, right? No, no. He just got a couple gashes on his forehead. These are very small puncture ones, little punctures. He's got a little bump. I kind of got the cat before he did any more damage. Okay. And I don't know. I think that the cat is, he's got kind of a uh, history of violence. He's kind of a violent cat already, but he's really he's bad right now. So he does have a history of violence, John. I, I don't know, like, you know, if the recidivism, I don't know the recidivism rate in cat, cat world, but. All cats um, are dicks, so it's about 100%. Even the cats that love you, it's a temporary alliance. The moment that you cross them, they're done with you, and it's, you can't win them back. I, in fact, I know people, out of the goodness of their hearts, who would take in you know, stray cats, feral cats, and they raise them in their house as their own pet children, only to have these animals turn on them later uh, with brutal... Uh, vicious attacks that have left them deformed. So uh, I don't know. This call is is real, I presume. Like before I go forward with history, I just want to make sure I'm not being punked because like the beast thing has me questioning everything now. Is that a real yeah. call? Yeah. Uh, it would be the hardest thing for me. And uh, Falk narrator and uh, my sister are discussing this right now in the chats. Am I a sincere person? Am I a sarcastic person? I'm pretty damn sarcastic, and it's really hard when I'm on a 911 phone call. It's really ridiculous to not just say, "Is there an adult there?" <laughs> <laughs> can can you put your infant on the phone, please? Is somebody with intelligence. Like, um, you know, is is it possible that you know you guys can like, you know, I'm glad you have a locked door between you. You know, I'm treating it like a domestic or whatever, but you know. Uh, I guess just uh, just huddle down. The cat has captured your house, and at this point, as a homeowner, yeah. it's your job to either survive the siege or to take the house back. Like you know, law enforcement, Drew, I'll ask you uh, like a serious question. The Dallas number one, they're under a cat attack. As a patrol officer, you arrived at this house and the front door is locked. I mean, you got exigent circumstances if you're calling, if they're calling for help, and you can hear that. But if you know that it's a twenty-two pound feline, you're going to kick in the door. Well, the feline could be hiding behind the door, so no. Uh, first of all, excellent tactics. Second of all, right, right, you got to slice the pie. Second of all, we trace the call and it's coming back to the litter box. So <laughs> <laughs> couldn't they throw like? <laughs> couldn't they throw like a? I don't know, a can of tuna fish out there to distract it while they Yeah, that's what I would it. say. Like, try, try to use human evolution to outsmart the beast. It's possible <laughs> that, that millions of years have given you an advantage over its, you know, it's it's got it's got the agility, it's got the claws, but 
you know, you you might have a college degree, so there might be a way out of this situation. Right, well, yeah, let's let's simplify it, John. You have a college degree, and actually, you have thumbs. You know, the fucking got, cat doesn't have any thumbs. Them. I mean, like, yeah, I can grab right. the cat. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is. Uh, I, I feel for the the guy that called because, of course, that's a viral moment. Uh, but I don't know. I think I would stand up for my family in that situation. I might take the, well, uh, yeah. How could you face your family again as a man when they say, daddy, protect me. And he's like, sure thing, hon. I'll call, hand me the phone. <laughs> right, right. I, I'll, I'll call the real heroes to protect you from this, uh, yes. this thing. That's only slightly more dangerous to you than the ghost in your, under your bed at night. Um, yeah. I, and the thing is too, like, if we're going to address this from a, from a realistic place at all, you can get medical treatment. The thing's not going to kill you, even if you're like concerned about rabies or whatever. And I'm not even minimizing that like rabies shots suck or whatever, but um, well, I, I, I don't know. I it mean, just seems like a very handle it yourself type situation. True. Yeah. If it's somewhat domesticated, like it's already in your house, I would think that it would, it's up on its shots. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, I mean, if this cat is so mean, it probably gave it itself the shot. But still, I mean, it's probably current on its shot, so I wouldn't even think rabies would be a factor. I, I think that maybe a surface scratch might be a factor, which, you know, means, it, it, like, do you, would you like me to stop at the, the CVS on the way and just grab some Band-Aids for you? Just, you know, like, I can help you out there, too. You know what I mean? Like, no, we won't need EMS on this one. I've got Band-Aids. You, um, guys, you guys may know that I'm I'm what's called in the biz, you may have heard of this, an empathy player em empathy player i play anyway i'm super empathetic what so, i would do i have had situations like this before where someone has called me because there's a cat inside the garage which is you would think is less of a threat where i live is the countryside it's not the city we face a unique set of dangers out here the guy's calling me and telling me there's a cat in the garage my standard answer is just go to bed you know probably won't be there in the morning um but uh you know, a cringe warning for, for folks listening coming up. He's like, I'm looking at it and it's got a worm coming out of its face. Oh, you know, like that's what I really for sure gave up on the whole feral cats thing. These things could get all kinds of nasty diseases, like stuff from like James Cameron movies can happen to cats. And so like, you know, just keeping that in mind, there's an offhand chance this guy's got a James Cameron uh, cat at his house, you know, uh, Cronenberg type cat at his house so it's possible if it's a regular yeah. cat i would i would be very apt to just tell him to handle the 22 pound cat he he outweighs it by 150 pounds i hope so I would yeah coax it just run past it get to the kitchen and coax it outside with a saucer of milk you know what i mean what what are the hanna-barbera cats by the way was sylvester a was so that, that a hanna-barbera was a cat wasn't he all right <laughs> uh top cat Snagglepuff? Snagglepuss. <laughs> Top cat, yeah. Top cat. Okay. I think that was I think that was it though. I think it was just one each. They didn't go the Disney route where every every animal gets a female companion. Yeah. Except, I, I, except Goofy. I, I respect that. Yeah. No, Hannah Hanna Barbera wasn't about the progressive politics. They knew that Yogi had boo-boo and that was good enough. So we were never <laughs> it's gonna their, go. It's their woke policies. <laughs> it's, hey, it's so, their uh, policies <laughs> over <laughs> Hanna Barbera. These 60s cartoons are so woke. <laughs> Oh, Sid and Marty Croft. So is Will Cray still with us, by the way? Or did he pass away? Will Cray, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. What's up? I'm going to be oh, honest. Sorry I completely to forgot you. about him. Will, what, what's your take on this cat? 
Oh, cat wives don't matter. He's okay. been chatting it up in there. In, yeah, you did. You left us uh, two bucks. I appreciate that you leaving that for us. It kind of negates whatever prize you could possibly <laughs> win tonight, though. If you think about that. We're going to call that a super cat. All right, here we go. We're going to get into the game show. It's got a theme and everything else. So everyone just hold on to your seats, buckle your seatbelts, and watch John's reaction as I play this minimally good theme. That's you right, watching. everyone. Clip Art now has a Blues Travelers button. <laughs> you are watching something. Oh, did we? T we took it down. You are yes. watching. Uh, oh, boy, I'm getting confused here. Uh, you are watching something that we're calling Call My Bluff 911 edition. What it is going to be, in case you didn't know the rules or you didn't see it on uh, social media, we are going to play three 911 calls for you. We have three contestants. John, I'm going to identify you as contestant number one. Oh, thank you. Josh, Dead Leg Media, is going to be identified as contestant number two. He is in the center uh, between John and I at the bottom, and for those of you watching, and with his must the mustachioed Dead Leg. And our third contestant uh, and, and a very special guest, somebody who dialed 848-COM-911, 848-266-6911, Will Cray, who we are trying to match up with a fair matron. Uh, he is going to be our third contestant. Will, you are going to be identified as contestant number three. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because there are three 911 calls. What we're going to do is play the 911 calls for you in their entirety. I have edited them, so there are some things that have been taken out of them. Then at the end, you're going to each have one minute to, to, to spill your guts. What do you think about this call? Is it a bluff? Is it a homicide? Is it a kidnapping is it a bomb threat? Is it swatting? I need you to tell me what your analysis is. You've got one minute to do it. You'll see your number pop up on the screen. Contestant one, that's your minute. You talk until you see contestant two. And then at that point, Josh, I hope you're following along, but you'll, through that mustache of yours, explain to us what you think what your theory is, and then we'll we'll get your information over the phone. We're going to kind of rotate that so it's fair. Everybody, get, every, everyone's going to get to go first, at least once. Okay. So, are we ready? Is the question. I'm I'm nervous, I'm but I'm ready. Scared. Will, are you ready? Thank you. Okay, Will's ready. I'm sorry, I just, um, I just had a man attack me, and I actually just shot him in the head. He was here visiting from Maine, and he came at me, he screamed at me, he started hitting me, and he said, come on, come on, no, Maddie, no, Maddie, my dog, I'm sorry. He's down visiting from Maine, and he just came at me. He had a gun in his hand, and he pointed at my head. I took it out of his hand. I said, don't point that at me. And he goes, it's not loading. He goes, come do it. Come do it, you little whore. And the light went off. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. 
he, he, uh... He's dead! He's in my kitchen, dead! Oh my god! Someone is, is uh, in your kitchen? Dead! He pointed the gun at me! And I grabbed it! And he goes, come on, you fucking little whore! Come do it, you fucking little whore! He pointed at my Yes, I'm still here. This is this just happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. And my dog is going to run in like 30 minutes. Jesus Christ. Man, man, breathe on him. Breathe on him. Oh my god. She fucking put that gun on me. She's got his gun. Oh my god. When he was talking to you, what is that condition you want you to do? He was, I said, look, I said, you know, oh my God. He was like, come on, come on. And I'm like, come on, what? And he goes, come on, you know, take me to the airport. I'm like, you know, you're drunk, you need to calm down. He's drunk as a motherfucker. And he goes, he held his gun. I didn't know he had a gun. He held it to my hand and he goes, he goes, I'll fucking pull this trigger. And I'm like, what? Oh my god, and then, then I grabbed that gun out of his hand. And he goes, come on, come on, you fucker. And then he held it up to his own head. And he fucking hit himself. Oh my god. Contestant one, you have a one minute go. Well, I have to say, uh, I, I think she was trying to set up an alibi for how she's just spent the last 10 minutes. I think she was more apt to, to tell a story. I didn't believe her panting. Didn't sound like she was really all that upset. She didn't ask. She didn't do the typical screaming sense. Someone here now. There wasn't a lot of crying. Uh, she may be justified in shooting this person, but I think she was more interested in developing a nice 911 call to play later to make her seem innocent. I yield the rest of my time to Josh. <laughs> well, hang on one second. I do see a question in the chat. Somebody is saying uh, the dispatcher is not really saying a whole lot, and that's probably good. You're just letting the potential uh, person yeah. that just shot somebody do all the talking. That's that's kind of good. Uh, get him locked into a story. Let it have a rope that they hang by. I said, go for yeah. it. All right. So give it a second or two because uh, we are not. We are on a timer. We're not. Oh, it's not a timer. Yielding. I can't yield anything to Josh. Here we go, Josh. Josh, contestant number two, you have approximately one minute. Go. I'm gonna piggyback off of John. I think the same thing. It's the. I'm not sure if it's a guy or a girl that's called, but 
the the person who's called that they're they're telling the story. They're they're not asking for help. They're not they're they're making sure that there's key details in there that they want to put out that oh he had the gun, this person had the gun. Trying to make sure that that there's key things that when it comes back and it's played back in court, that like John said, that oh, this sets up for a def- uh, defense or sets up that this was a suicide or trying to lay out the the the, the what's going on. But the same thing, you know, you're not calling, you're not asking for, you know, send an ambulance, send a fire truck, send some help, you know, there, you, none of that stuff. There's no panic to get the person there. But at the same time, you know, like Drew said before, he, you know, there was times that, you know, the helicopter incident where, yeah, there's no reason that there's, there's a reason why there's no panic. There, I, which, what you're seeing, there's, there's no reason to panic to have an ambulance get here because they're, they're not, they're not, we don't need an ambulance. So I think the same thing. All right, wrapping up, contestant three, Will Cray, you have a minute, go. All right, first one, uh, every time she says, oh, my God, take a drink, you will not see tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but um, what what I'm thinking is uh, she shot a guy, and she's trying to make an alibi, so pretty much what everybody else is thinking. It just sounds too wrong do you know what i mean yes it just doesn't sound right what about it doesn't sound right it's i don't know if it's the tone of her voice and it's just she's absolutely mouth vomiting like word vomiting yes and it's just she's panicked i guess but um and she's trying to make up a story as she's getting through this call were you able to hear the things? And, were you able to hear the things that she said? Well, your time is up, and I took up most of it. So, here we go. That, that's okay, Drew. I mean, Will should have played the odds. It's the reveal. Here's the reveal. Will, Will should have played the odds and uh, gone against both what me and Josh. The reveal said. is because if uh, we were wrong, police, we would have gotten it. The headline reads Let's from go. the. The headline reads from the Tampa Bay Times, police, woman made murder look like suicide. So this was a real call. This occurred here in Hillsborough County. And uh, she, uh, if, if you'll notice in the call itself, she said that uh, initially she took the gun out of his hand and she, then he was saying, do it, you little whore. And then he shot himself somehow. Um, she, uh, just from knowledge I have, she also said that she didn't, it wasn't her gun. It was his, but she also said that he was visiting from Maine and come to find out. She finally later copped to the detective who did a great job that the, the gun was hers. It was under her bed. Uh, it was in between her mattress. It was just a bizarre story. This guy kind of forced himself into, uh, her family. And, you know, very quickly befriended the family, but she ended up getting 30 years in prison out of that. Was, did she put the gun in the mattress after she shot him? No, no, no. She okay. kept the gun in between the mattress and the. Okay. I missed a so, lot of key details there. That just goes to show you when it's really happening, even if you like uh, buckle down and you're just paying attention to just a call, you can miss so much. Cause I missed the, all the details about him being from Maine I, I I was confused by the story of when he was beating with her, uh, pleading with her, uh, why don't you do it, horror or whatever. I'm like, at that point, you know, I'm probably going to be on the radio just be like, this is a really strange call. All you just use caution, uh, but I didn't right. get all that. I didn't get all that detail. 
assist, please go assist the little whore. Uh, we do have something from Carly and Beignet who said she misunderstood the game because she thought it would be like, is this a fabricated 911 call versus a real 911 call? And there are wild cards built into this game. So we don't, you, you may not be wrong in this at all, Carly. Uh, or beignet whoever's typing so let me uh, let me just uh, do this like i'm not a huge on trigger warnings but this uh i i, I actually kind of threw this second call in here uh and, and i don't uh, I, i'm just going to tell you it's real and then i'll tell you why i did it at the end um so here we go I know you're upset. I need to know exactly where you are. I can't hear you. At all? Okay. Who just shot themselves? My wife. All right. Okay. Where's the gun? Where's the gun she used? It's in your safe? Okay, where is it? Right at this moment? I don't know. I don't see it. How do you know she shot herself? There's blood all over the place. Where's, where, is, where in your house is this? Okay, I need to ask. We're going to get help out to you. I need to I need to know because there's a gun involved, okay? We're getting help out to you. You don't see your wife, though? Yes, I do. She's waiting for dead. Okay. All right. Stay on the phone with me for EMS. The deputies are coming. Just stay on the phone with me. Oh, my gosh. Marley. Shot. You don't see the gun anywhere? No. 
CPR? I don't know how. Okay. Is there any serious bleeding? You're looking right at her? all over the place. I'm feeling for a pulse now. I don't feel a pulse. Okay. Switching it up. Contestant two, you have one minute. Go. The dispatchers did a really good job, first of all, both of them did. But the one question I have is where she shot at. I, I don't think that I heard that at, at any point during the during the call. He he sounded way more panicky than the first caller. So the 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 seriousness of the situation is, is definitely there. The urgency is there. Uh, females committing suicide, though, that's it's not unheard of, but it, it's not a it's not a very common thing that you hear of, especially that way. It's not a, a violent when females usually commit suicide. It's usually not violent either. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of questions that I have that, like, where was she shot? What was going on? Is there stuff that's going on with the with the family? Just given that the that the the way that everything's set up, I, I've got a lot of questions. I, it, it just sounds kind of fishy to me still. Very good. Contestant three, you have one minute. Go. Um, just quick thing. I thought for that first call, I thought I heard her say I shot him. So that's what I thought happened. Um, but for this one, um, you see in or you can hear um, man crying. Usually, at least what I've seen, that doesn't really happen unless something really horrible happened. So I'm personally going to say that she shot herself, even though, yeah, it's weird. Usually females committing suicide. And suicide with a gun is very low probability. I'm going to say that he shot herself, sadly. And he's telling the truth. Uh, just uh, to clear up, to kill the rest of your time, Will Curry, you did not miss, yep. you didn't mishear that. She did say, she said at one point that she shot him. And then at another point, he hit himself in the head with the bullet. Okay. Conte- okay. I did. I did catch. Okay. Yeah, you're. you're I'm not crazy. No, you're not. Contestant one, you have one minute. Go. All of that really confuses me. Um, I'm going to say that uh, if this is a fake out, he's doing a better job than the first one. Uh, some markers here that tend towards realism is that when uh, the dispatcher asks what happened, he literally gets locked into a story saying, "I was sitting on the couch and I hear this." You so often hear the story of what I was doing when something happened. Um, the other thing that's confusing is that he said the gun was in the safe and he doesn't see the gun. I'm almost wondering as a dispatcher, was she shot from outside? Was she shot through the window? Um, these are the details that Will's talking about that he caught and that you mentioned uh, kind of cast a negative light on that. With uh, men and women, it, the, especially husband and wife, you know, domestic violence always very likely there's a good chance that he could have shot her, but I'm willing to entertain the opportunity that she was shot by somebody else. But I can't say for sure. All I know is that his alibi is better than the first caller. Uh, pills are a much more common way for uh, men to find their wives. Usually that they're overdosed, the pills are right there. They could usually even tell me what pills there are. Thank you, contestant one. It is time for the reveal.
I would never put anybody on front street like this, but that was definitely a suicide. It was a uh, suicide call that, that happened here uh, close to where I live. Look, there are two numbers that I put up. One is 988. The other is uh, uh, the Hope Line, which is uh, eight. eight uh, <laughs> I did it again. I forgot the Hope Line number. Uh, I, we will make sure that we post the Hope Line number for you. That's for first responders. It's the Florida Hope Line. It's run out of the crisis center of Tampa Bay. But, uh, I, you know, I, I know that they're not going to turn you away. 988 is definitely a number that's used if you're feeling suicidal. A few things to think about here. You're all absolutely right. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, kind of pointed this out. Uh, women in general don't die by gun. If they die by gun, it's generally a shot to the chest because of a van for vanity reasons. It's not because they're vain. It's just kind of factual. That's what women do. They don't want to, uh, they don't want to mess up the face. So uh, there's that. Um, and it's, it, it can happen that, um, you know, I think the dispatcher did a great job at, at guiding the, the right questions. Uh, it could also happen that he's looking at an open safe and he's not seeing a gun in there and he's uh, seeing his wife slumped over on the ground um, in a pool of blood. He heard the gunshot exactly where he was, got up and saw what he saw. Like, oh, my God, was that a gunshot? And then he goes in the bedroom and sees her her dead and she could be laying on the, on gun. the gun. Yeah. So uh, that that's more than likely what happened. Um, I, I'm you know, I'm not going to say definitively that's what happened. So so I for sure lost that round. I just want to check on the score. Uh, last time was a wash. And I think Will Cray actually won this round, didn't he? I, I will give it to Will Cray. OK. Uh, uh, and then it was. Yeah, the first round was a wash. Uh, I, I I just uh, wanted to kind of put, put that in there, not to bring everybody down, but you can hear the panic. Uh, you can hear, first of all, you can hear genuine panic. And I wanted to compare and contrast those two calls. Uh, one is manufactured panic. The other is, is definitely genuine panic. His, one, his breathing and, was different too. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much different. And it's, it's frantic and he's, he's having moments of clarity and he's having moments of freak out. And uh, that's another, kind of another good one was when he wasn't sure how old he was. That's something I hear all the time, 44, or 45, like, they're yeah. not sure, but it's like, we don't really need to know the exact number. We just, like I've said before, for a medical services, we need to kind of have an estimate. And he's just not sure. And he's sitting there thinking through it. That was an, an utterly, that was an utterly genuine moment that someone who's lying wouldn't be able to make it sound like that. Drew, go ahead. So I chose this call because uh, for, for for a specific reason. One, I wanted you to hear what a dispatcher has to go through. Uh, two, uh, I wanted you to hear what a dispatcher has to go through when they go home because they're going to carry that with them. And three, on the other side of this, as as, um, as we pay more attention to mental health and to post-traumatic stress and to other stressors that we have in our lives, that is the genuine reaction of what somebody, a loved one, is going to have to go through if they ever find you dead from suicide. So, um, if, if, if anything, you have to understand the torture that you put the people around you. I understand that, uh, times are probably very tough for, uh, for the person that's about to commit suicide and people are at their lowest lows. And we've spoken about this before. I've spoken openly on the show before I've, I've been suicidal. I've been at my lowest points, but, um, things like this, hearing what the other side of it is, uh, hearing what a loved one goes through when they have to call 911 and they're staring at the, the you know, this is the woman he married. This is the woman he had child, uh, children with and uh, you went to church with on Sunday and 
you know, and she's gone. Uh, whether there was an argument that preceded it or, or something that, you know, that could have been very petty and, and they could have controlled, but she didn't see it that way. Uh, always kind of remember, uh, you know, this is, this is, uh, you're putting an entire family into your, uh, pain. You're not just relieving your own pain. So with that, we're going to go into call number three. I think we're moving right along here. Uh, here we go. Uh, 911 call number three. I just, I just walked to my apartment. My fiance is on the floor with blood everywhere. What is the address? 4601 Flat Rock Road. Please come help now. 
Which or what? The knife is still inside of her? Yes, I didn't take it out. Was it her chest or what area? It's, it's, it's in her chest. It's like, it looks like it's right. It looks like it's right in her heart. Okay, someone's on the way out there, okay? Just get Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. How old is she? She's 27. 27. And there's no sign of life at all? I've been no, turned to her no, arm. no, please don't be. What? I've been turned to her arm and tell me she responds to pain. She's. Ellie! She's not, she's not. Her arm her hands are still warm. I don't know if that means. But there's blood everywhere. I mean. I know, but you can't. And the knife is still inside of her. How far? Can you see how far it went in? It looks pretty deep. Okay. It looks three, and it's a long knife. Don't touch anything. Yeah, don't though. touch anything, okay? I'm not touching anything. This is, I can't believe this, though. No, wait, it was just you there with her? We, yeah, we're the only ones here. And she ran in the door, you said, latched it shut? No, no, I, I, I went downstairs to work out, mm -hmm. and I, when I came back up, the door was latched. Oh. Like, it was, you know, it wasn't like, it was, you know, it was, like, locked from the inside, and I'm yelling... And I saw it was from well, you know, yelling house and broken into? No, 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 no. So there's no sign of a break-in? No, no sign of a break-in at all. I mean, there will be when you get here because I had to break the latch, but to get in. Okay, 4601 Flat Rock, and this is a house, right? It's an apartment. Flat Rock Apartment 603. Okay, you got help. Apartment 603. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Contestant number three, you're up. You have one minute. Go. That's you, Will Curry. I hope Will's still on the line because he's gonna he's gonna forfeit the game otherwise. All right, I'll speak for Will Curry. Well, he... oh, oh, sorry, my phone was muted. I wanted to stay quiet. Oh, oh no, she's been stabbed in the heart. Oh no. <laughs> okay, this is bullshit. Um. <laughs> Uh, when she's like, oh, she might have been hit on the head. And then, oh, she's got a knife in her. The, I, the door was locked. Oh, yeah, this is bullshit. Excuse my language, but he's lying. All right. Uh, we have probably a couple seconds left. Any other observations? Uh, is your phone back on mute? Just, there was almost a lack of emotion. Thank you. Okay, we are going to contestant number one. You have one minute. Go. Uh, I guess I'm with Will to just to hedge my bets to keep him from winning the game. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I want Will to win. Uh, I, I completely agree. His whole this is an Agatha Christie. I, the door was locked from the inside, and she stabbed herself. There's no way it could be anything other than suicide. And then uh, that part that particularly got me, there's no signs of forced entry. No, no, not at all. Except where I did it. You'll see that when you get here because I broke in. And then, yeah, like, you know, compare the second call with the third call. This is his fiance, you know, a young woman stabbed in the heart. Like that's pure nightmare fuel. You shouldn't be able to function after that. He should have a heavy heart, heavy breathing rate. He should be screaming and crying. Um, and uh, he shouldn't be like... So, so set up like, uh, well, I guess I have to do CPR. And he's just like, oh, shit, I didn't think they were going to tell me to do CPR. I guess I'll go get my friends again, but it's all over. Contestant number two, you have one minute. Go. I hate to copy off everybody, but yeah, the, the convenience of the lack of panic and the 
I want to make sure, let me get some key, like when people want to make sure that they, they divulge key pieces of information, specific ones before anybody asks for it, that, that, that there's a reason. There's a reason because they want to lead you down a way or they, they want to weigh a, 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 the, the story or they want to try to control a narrative. Yeah. The, I, I, this is, this is complete bullshit. I, this, there's no way that, that this one isn't, uh, but I was wrong last time. So I could be wrong this time, but uh, I think it, this one's probably better. wait for the reveal. Everyone turn that front upside down dead leg. Oh, that's just your mustache. But I just uh, want you to have confidence in your answers. Uh, so, you know, please don't be discouraged by the fact that Will Cray is mopping the floor with your knowledge. Uh, okay, here we go. We are ready for the reveal. Guys, we don't know. Ellen Greenberg died by suicide <laughs> with 20 stab wounds. She died by suicide with 20 stab wounds, and her parents are out to prove that that's impossible. Okay, you're cheating. Okay, so here's the deal. She was, uh, everything that guy said was true. Uh, uh, the door was latched from the inside, even though he crowbarred that into the conversation, which I found suspicious. I found it suspicious as well that he was like, oh, looky here. It's exactly in her aorta. Like he, he knew where the, the, the knife was and everything. She had 20, I think seven stab wounds. The medical examiner the day of, or the, the following day, first of all, they ruled it a suicide that day. The medical examiner agreed, and then a day later changed it to a homicide and then changed it to unknown. So uh, after after pressure. Now, there are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration here. Um, first of all, nobody, he, his, his alibi matched his video and his key fob. So there's a key fob in the apartment. It matched all the video. Everything matched up. The text messages, everything match, matched up. The damage to the door to get the latch, the whole nine yards. The fact that she was stabbed in the neck, they weren't very deep wounds. She was stabbed in the back of the neck, which were like hesitation wounds almost. Like she was testing it out. And then she started stabbing herself in the, in the uh, chest if this is indeed a suicide. They also determined based on the fact that there were no or there were no defensive wounds. So if she were just surprised attacked, that's how this that's the only way that this could would have been possible because if not she would have at least fought off and there would have been some kind of scratches and scrapes somewhere else. They've brought in forensic experts from all over the world. Uh, her father was um I believe an orthodontist and um this is a this is a twenty uh, year old case maybe uh, it's it's quite an old case it's in Philadelphia the the latest um, story on it was like two months ago three months ago they're still perplexed by this whole thing the the family is obviously convinced this that this is a homicide though they're not I don't think outwardly saying that the this fiance did it um, I I think I do find it a little odd uh, well first of all they found um, on her uh, searches. She, she did go into a little bit of a dark place over the, the previous five or six months. She, she, uh, 
she was also looking at bridal, like she had sent out her save the dates the day before. And she was looking at bridal stuff the day that she died. They said that when they analyzed her computer, that she had, there, there were searches for suicide and easiest way to die and, and all these other things. Well, there was also uh, searches about Prozac and, or, or some other medication anyway, that has the side effect of suicide. Now, the, then there was another analysis done on the computer and come to find out the first analysis was faulty, that that was some kind of control that, um, you know, uh, the, the computer, the, the, the searches that they were using to justify the fact that she was searching for suicide were just control searches. They weren't necessarily her looking for suicide. So um, you're all right and you're all wrong. So I don't know if I have any other recourse but to declare Will Cray the winner. Yes, Will. Will's the winner because this is what happens when Eagles fans investigate crime. We all lose. <laughs> right. Well, th and this this occurred, ironically, where, John? In <laughs> Philadelphia, in yeah. In Philadelphia. Yeah, they 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 they, uh, they they muffed the punt on that one for sure. Or I guess, you know, I don't want to come out against them uh, too crazy. It's just... Uh, it's too nuts. There's just, um, and the fact that they have to kind of back up against the wall and say, yeah, we don't know what the, what the hell it was. Uh, that's, uh, that's definitely a hell of a true crime case. You would think some kind of forensics would back it up. I would want to know if there's some kind of drugs in her system or whatever. Uh, but that's, that's just nuts. But I, I didn't believe that guy at all. So he's very, he's very lucky he didn't get Scott Peterson because he should be in prison for the rest of his it's, life. It's funny you say that because I, I was re heavily researching the Scott Peterson case, looking for his 911 call, but he didn't call 911. His father-in-law did. Yeah. Or his stepfather did, one of them. And then but he went out rate, sailing on a boat all day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that he had quite a casual attitude, and I, I do think that um, – uh, he, he like, you know, saying things like when he turned her over, Oh my God. Oh, she must've fell on it or, or, Oh no, she got stabbed in the, like, uh, or she stabbed herself in the chest. H how would you know that? Like, how would you know she stabbed herself in the chest? Why wouldn't, wh why couldn't it be that a, a burglar stabbed her in the chest? First of all. And second of all, he's, he starts identifying the fact that, uh, she was stabbed directly in the heart. His, his story completely matched. So either he got away with murder, uh, and by the way, he lives in New York City now. He's married with children. Um, so either he got away with murder or he, he, he saw what he saw, and he was just either in shock or just very callous. Like he, he just he gave the story as he saw it. I mean, I don't know. Any other observations, you guys? Well, I, I can't wait for the Netflix. Josh, what are your observations as, as a seasoned cop on the panel? The one thing that I was going to maybe ask is that other than her search history, is did she have any history of mental health problems or had she been seen no. or talked with anybody? She, yeah, uh, that, the, the previous six months or so, maybe nine months or whatever, uh, she had started seeing somebody for anxiety. Uh, she'd started seeing a therapist. The therapist specifically said there was never any talk of self-harm. It was all just about anxiety for the upcoming wedding or, or, or just family matters or family issues or whatever. But no, there was no, uh, like she was a very well-adjusted kid, a beautiful girl. I mean, if you see her and then, you know, if you see her, in her throughout her childhood, she went to Penn State. She ended up, uh, she went to Penn State for something and then ended up going to, um, 
uh, what's that built a temple, I think to, for, to be a teacher. And she taught, you know, first grade, just, a, just like a very wholesome young woman, but she, she, I guess later in life developed a few problems. They put her on, you know, maybe it was Xanax. I, I don't know. They put her on something to, to control the uh, depression and the, um, and the, um, anxiety and those medications have a history of the low percentage suicide. So yeah, they, when you watch those commercials and say, uh, you take this for depression, a side effect may be suicide. You're like, well, I guess I'll just roll the dice on this one Pfizer. <laughs> I'll save the $17. Right. Um, so uh, there's, there's still something left for the panel panel to decide, Drew. What What is, what is up for the panel to decide? What is the prize that Will 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 Cray will win? Will Cray is going to win. First of all, uh, in addition to whatever we decide, Will Cray is going to win uh, the contestancy on our next game show, which ironically will be a dating game. Uh, oh God, we, we don't know if he's up for that. Uh, and, Will and he's he's got a resume now because he's uh, he's first of all he's the. Uh, he is the only champion in this in this game that we call call my bluff. Will, as you know, I'm acutely aware of all of your movements and the things that you think and do. I have many of your vital documents. I'm going to be in your town Saturday, September 9th. I'm going to take you out for lunch or dinner, whichever one you're available for. What do you think? I just asked you out on a date. That's why you're not sure what to do. <laughs> We're practicing. What if John was a woman? Fun. Well, well, sorry, I couldn't hear you. So I'm taking you out for lunch on Saturday, September 9. I'll be in your town. What do you say? Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Text me. You know how to text me, right? Text me your number again so that I sure, I'm sure which one is you because I have like 500 numbers in here. Yeah, I can get you my number. Okay. And uh, we have to go to El Loro whether you like Mexican food or not. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm going to buy you lunch, buddy. Now, don't you idiots wish you had called in to failure to stop Cobb Center because you would have gotten a personal lunch with me, the fifth host of failure to stop. I would have come to your town and had lunch with you. I get lunch. Yes. Yes. All yes. Right. No well, alcohol. You are, com you are a complete champion. We're going to hang up f with you now. Uh, I want you, you know, I'm sure your celebration is going to start. We have another caller, uh, kind of a traditional. All right. Smell you later. Bye, you, Will. Bye, Will. How about this? Uh, Captain Micah is calling in. What do you think, Ca uh, Captain? Micah, who killed those guys? Who killed that lady? I I, I think it was uh, Colonel Mustard in the library with oh, a candlestick. Well, you don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> what's up micah how are you uh just another beautiful evening how are you guys i'm sorry i missed the game show but i have been listening didn't drew do an awesome job on that like i was such a negative person about it i was so down on him like that the music and the little intros and not only that but like teeing up to say contestant three it is your chance to solve a crime. Like Drew missed his colleague as a game show host, everybody. Uh, hit one in the chats if you would like us to do a game show again. Uh, hit two in the chats 
if you should we should never do this again also hit one in the chest if you think that pop tarts are a form of ravioli and hit number two if you think they're a calzone go ahead and uh micah what do you think uh, pop tarts ravioli or calzone uh i'm gonna say calzone thank you that is correct i i like- thought they were like a croissant <laughs> no dead leg you don't have a pretty opinion on this you're yeah, just I like do Italian stuff. You're just like I. I only eat McDonald's. I have no idea. <laughs> I do only eat McDonald's. <laughs> one, 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 one. If only they want us to do game shows again, and they think that they think that their uh, pop tarts are. They think that pop tarts are ravioli. Is what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, James Russell, who is always here, totally being totally just a Debbie Downer and everything. He's almost as bad as me. Says no, never do a game show again. So. James, you didn't. Do you want to be a contestant next time? We can have you go up against Will. Although I have to say, in all seriousness, I am joking quite a bit. Will did an excellent job on picking up on some clues that even I missed. So, sure. like, Will, if things don't work out at El Loro, like, uh, you know, maybe you you could uh, get a job at your local nine one one agency. Uh, did you ever you ever think about that? Because you're apparently a very good listener, which also helps with the whole dating situation. Will, I hope you're there. No, he's not there. Uh, no, that's we let him guy. go, didn't we? Yes, yep. we sure did. So but Will's Micah, still listening. Uh, Will, is... I'm going to send you uh, an, an application from Hennepin County 911. It looks like they are hiring. So I'll go ahead and send them a photo of you, too. Also, I have signed you up for Tinder. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, Micah, as a, as a punishment to Will Cray, I, have, uh, I just hung up on you. Uh, so, John... <laughs> Do you do you happen to have any voicemails or anything? I do. Why don't we polish off this uh, excellent episode? Which uh, Drew, I gotta apologize to you. What I, I I opened the the dialogue by saying it looks like you had done some clip art and some blues travelers. That was actually, and I shouldn't even, yeah. shouldn't even say actually. That was really well done. And uh, although this was an idea that both of us had together, so I get some credit. You did in terms of execution. I really could not be more pleased. So I really want to say buddy. thank you. Uh, and I thought that was fun, and I think we should do it uh, possibly as often as monthly. So I hope that you have like five hundred more of those. I I'm gonna place. I'm gonna place some voicemails here. You know, my first thought on that last one, though, if I may get in one uh, one last take, I yep. thought it was a training. I thought it was a training one because the guy because the guy almost sounded like. Um, I almost thought like it was the rescue dispatcher's like final test. Oh, because oh. because he was pretty calm and collected. But then it's like the story was too strange. Like when you normally when you're getting tested by someone in a in a in, a, in like a, a role playing call, they give you something that's pretty humdrum. They don't give you my fiance was stabbed in the heart. <laughs> All right, let's go to them voicemails. Hopefully they play. Here we time go. Caller, first time listener. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Again, guy, who are you? Will you please tell me your name? Will you reach out to me? Dial 988 if appropriate. This guy's totally inscrutable. He's getting me every single week. I will get calls and texts from people like David who like send me jokes. I'm like, oh, look, it's David or uh, whoever. But like this guy, he's a shadow. I don't know who he is. And what I'm worried about is that like he is someone that like I routinely talk to. Like, what if it's like, okay, it's not Faulknerator. I don't think it's James Russell. Uh, it's not Micah. It's not Keith. Uh, could be Blonde Beard. I'm not sure. Uh, could be Beignet. Could be Andrea a Plate. Cupcakes and cameos. Could be a, a total. Could be cupcakes, cameos, a catfishing. Could be Michael August. I don't know. 
uh, I, I just have to wonder what, who the hell this guy is. He's weirding me out a little bit. Uh, but his uh, his commitment to form either makes me believe one or two things. Number one, he's an actor for the ages. Or number two, like, you know, lock your windows at night, people. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, he, he's a different guy. I do have a more uh, calming voicemail to take us out on uh, if you're ready for that. Go, please. Yes, by all means. Hi, John and Drew. This is Jill Billy, longtime listener, first-time caller. I just want to say I love your guys' show, and thank you. Do a great job breaking down the 911 calls and the body cam footage each week. So, thank you for keeping us all entertained. Uh, I have to say, this weekend I was enjoying the pool for one of the the last times this summer, and a bee came along and landed oh. on my toe. I think it was attracted by my bright pink nail polish. I immediately thought of John. And stayed completely still, and the bee sat there on my toe for at least three minutes while my foot was contorted in this really weird position. And I even said at one point, well, this is my life now. I'm going to live the rest of my life with this bee on my toe so I don't get stung. (laughs) But luckily, it flew off, so I I escaped the summer sun's bee sting, and... uh, He's probably he's probably on his way to John right now because he was unable to uh, succeed with me. So hope you guys are having a great show. Um, can't wait to see the game show episode. Love you guys and talk to you later. Bye. Mrs. Chief Keefe, listen, yeah. that 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 bee was laughing while in flight from Cincinnati to wherever John is in the uh, polar vortex um the bees do use people who are my friends and family to get to me you guys remember a couple of weeks ago my nephew aaron was stung and uh i'm actually uh where the family is all still in grief because even though the the bee sting has healed the boy is uh, catatonic and has no more zeal for life and uh, it's just sad you know all these all these people posting pictures of the first day of school and his his little sister's all ready to go with her pink backpack and he's just laying on the floor, like waiting for, you know, inevitability to get him. Uh, yeah. Jill is a good friend of mine. I've met her exactly one time. We met her out when we were out in North Carolina. She was like a pretty cool lady. I just scored her phone number this week. So we'll see what uh, Chief we'll, we'll see where it goes. Thinks, thinks about that. Anything <laughs> could happen. Um, but most things won't. I wanted to remind you before we uh, talk about tomorrow's show that, uh, uh, Call My Bluff with Drew Breezy is brought to you by Ghostbed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, and you can get up to 40% off across the site. But right now there's a flash sale, 50% off. Mention us in the comments if you check out using that 50%. Tell them that Tansy and the gang sent you. We love Ghostbed because they they support first responders like you, me, uh, dead leg in a former life, and Drew before he retired. And also veterans. Uh, Drew uh, fought in some war, but uh, we're still not sure what country Korea. you fought for. Aaron, you fought for Korea. <laughs> I think you walked North. into that one. You were fighting in World in War Korea. II. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, very confusing. Uh, but we love their adjustable bases, their mattresses with the built in cooling technology. It's perfect for nights like tonight. It's actually already started to get cool where I live, but it's probably hot where you are because I'm in the polar vortex. So you could try them out for 101 hot nights. And if you are not happy, you could send it back. We could say that because we know it's not going to happen. There's no way that GhostBed is going to lose money on that proposition because your back's going to be happy. There's no hard feelings. Get a sleep 
tonight that is good and smart and makes you feel ready to take it all your mental illnesses and all the stresses that you face as a first responder. Uh, thank you, as always, Goes Bed for supporting the show. I, we don't know if you were up for the game show, but I think uh, it was a gamble and it paid off. Drew, what do you got on the Friday show tomorrow? Dude, let me tell you, we interviewed Jenny Holtzclaw. If that name sounds familiar to you, we did a three-part series on the Friday breakdowns of Daniel Holtzclaw. He is an Oklahoma City police officer who was, in our opinion, wrongfully convicted of uh, of sexual uh, assaults on various people who were coaxed into being victims uh that's documented he was sent to prison for 280 something years he's still sitting there and this is the story of the resilience of a family that will not give up on their younger brother on their son um and i don't blame them i'm not giving up on it uh on him either and uh she's very um uh very um she wants to point out that this is not about overturning anything. She just wants to get it in front of a judge again. Let's, let's do it fair. Let's get this thing in front of a judge again. And let's let a, you know, let's let a judge fair this thing out because this was not fair the last time around. And he, uh, you should know the difference between not guilty and innocent. She is convinced he is innocent. And, uh, I'm, I am with her on that conviction. I also agree. Uh, I've watched so many documentaries on that, and it seems like, you know, whatever the opinion is on Daniel Holtzclaw seems to be uh, completely aligned with whatever the agenda is, whoever is talking about him. There's so many people out there who will go out and malign him because it's such an easy thing to do, particularly post-conviction. But the details just don't don't add up, uh, even if he's not a perfect police officer, even if he's doing things he shouldn't, like doing a traffic stop on his way home and not informing radio. There's such a difference between uh, doing things uh, kind of wrongfully in terms of policy or tactics and uh, forcible oral sodomy. And the fact that they tried to use these things to hang them up and, uh, you know, baloney DNA evidence and things like that. Uh, we're, we're thinking about Daniel Holtzclaw. He is uh, probably the one of the hardest uphill roads ahead of him. Uh, but hopefully with uh, his sister Jenny's help, we can get it back before a judge. Hopefully before uh, a different jury, a different judge would be nice. And hopefully with a different prosecutor, uh, somebody who doesn't have an axe to grind. And even just even just having another trial outside of uh, the hostile culture that we uh, just went through the last three years, not to saying that it's a, a wonderful place to be now, but I think that uh, that hopefully results would be different for him and he could uh, have a different life than life behind bars. I'm looking yeah, it, forward to that part four and with uh, Jennifer, she's been on another podcast. It could be good, Drew. Yeah, very. She's uh, very intelligent, uh, and just just so you'll know, like any jury instruction, any any judge worth their weight is going to uh, instruct the jury. And I'm not saying that that didn't happen in this case, but any judge is going to instruct the jury. Look, if you find that just as many of you find him not guilty as find him guilty. Then, or, or if you find yourself in a struggle between not guilty and, and guilty, you need to err with not guilty. Like Absolutely. we don't want to send a, we yeah, we, we just don't want to send an innocent person to jail. Uh, even if it's, you know, a technicality that they're not guilty, the, 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 the innocent people need to be free. And uh, there are plenty of guilty people roaming free. Uh, this is an egregious case, in my my opinion. And, and you'll see Jenny's uh, resilience. She's a, she's a wonderful human being. Um, okay, so that's about it. I appreciate uh, the participation of all of our contestants tonight. Thank, thank Dead you leg to is 
Deadlegs, an amazing producer as usual. John, uh, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't roam this earth without you. You're my right hand man, but I do need you to stick around if you wouldn't mind. Uh, and we're going to end it for t- for uh, all of us here at Failure to Stop the entire network, the Monday show, the Tuesday, Wednesday, wherever you wherever you land, Thursday, Friday. Uh, listen to us, download us, share us, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, please. And tell your Aunt Sally.